From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we'll talk about Mississippi legislation and certain bills to watch out for. Could a university president have his or her salary cut for not flying the state flag? Could we see early voting in Mississippi? What's the latest with House Bill 1523? You can give us a call today if you have any comments or questions. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And today we're going to be talking about some Mississippi legislation, proposed laws and bills uh, to watch out for. Could a university president have his or her salary cut for not flying the state flag? Could we see early voting in Mississippi? We'll also talk about an Internet sales tax bill, uh, online voter registration. Uh, we'll talk about what's the latest with House Bill 1523. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you you have any comments or questions about these laws and bills, uh, any thoughts that you may have, 877-672-7464 is the number, or you can send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. How are you today? Doing great, Sharita. Good morning. And I, I want to uh, start the show by mentioning uh, you know, our thoughts and, and prayers going out to the people in, in our, the southern part of our state who were affected by the, the storms this past weekend. And uh, you know, our law students are collecting relief items for them, and, and you know, we're just thinking about you and uh, hope, hope that, uh, you know, you can uh, get things together, and, and we want to help. Yeah, absolutely. Just seeing some of the, the video and the aftermath, a Facebook friend of mine, his father, uh, is a law, uh, a lawyer, and uh, his his uh, place where he practices was completely destroyed. Uh, so the aftermath is, is just shocking and it's jarring. Some of the, the students at William Carey University, uh, just it's hard for them to fathom that this could have happened in such a quick time. That's the thing. The, the storm comes and goes, but it just leaves so much damage. So I'm in agreement with you, uh, Professor Gershon, about this. Um, and and speaking, speaking of storms and relief, um, you know, what's the process of a particular area getting some kind of storm relief uh, legally? You know, does the damage have to be assessed? And then uh, there's a decision made on a statewide level whether or not they need funds to help uh, recover? Yes, and that can happen at both the state level and also the federal level. You know, if a, an area is to, uh, declared a disaster area, for example, there is some support. And, that you know, that's where... We all come together as people, you know, both at, at the state and federal level, at the community level. Uh, you know, we forget politics at that point and realize that, you know, human beings have been affected uh, in, in very many ways by these storms. Their pets have been affected. You know, we, we, you know, we come together and, you know, that's, that's why, you know, our government uh, is there to help in those times. And, uh, you know, there's tax relief for people who have been affected, uh, you know, um, and, and lots of different mechanisms to try to help them. But, you know, the bottom line is we, we all need to reach out as well. Absolutely. 
Um, so uh, at the top of the show here, we're going to talk about a, a little bit of legal news. Um, and while listening to NPR, I was uh, hearing them say that uh, President Trump is going to sign a few more executive orders today. And uh, I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on that, um, your legal thoughts on that, uh, Professor Gershon, about executive orders in general. Um, are there any limits to how many executive orders a, a president can sign? And, and when it comes to uh, replacing or repealing something, does there have to be a replacement before you repeal something? That's a great question, Sharita. And, and the answer to your last question, does there have to be a replacement before you repeal something? Unfortunately, there doesn't have to be. Uh, and that's happened a few times where there have been sunset provisions. What, what Congress will do sometimes is they'll say, we're going to adopt a law that will last two years. And then it'll uh, sunset at the end of two years. And, and everybody thinks, well, they're going to replace that with something else. And sometimes uh, if, if Congress is not functioning necessarily the way we want it to, it doesn't happen. So we have a gap. Uh, and, in fact, in, in my area, that happened with the estate tax back in, in 2010. So it's it not always required that when there's a repeal, there's a replacement. When something affects health care uh, of so many people, you, you hope that Congress will, uh, in fact, uh, you know, have a replacement. They've talked about having a replacement. That certainly would be the prudent thing to do. Now, in terms of executive orders, there are no limits. And the president is, a, is one of the co-equal branches, the executive branch. Uh, so that's the president, the, the cabinet, um, the various departments that are under the executive branch. That's a co-equal branch with the court and with the legislature. Now, what we have that balances those executive orders, executive orders are reviewable by courts. And so and, and Congress can uh, enact a law to override an executive order. So there, is, there are checks and balances, um, but it's not unusual for presidents to sign executive orders. Okay, so pretty much nothing is in stone. Uh, whoever uh, was in the office before, whatever they put into law can pretty much be reversed by the succeeding uh, president. That, that's correct. And, 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 of course, you know, again, with those checks and balances in mind, it usually, uh, usually the way our, our system functions is Congress makes the laws and, uh, and the president signs those laws into effect. Courts review those laws for constitutionality. And so we, you know, we have multiple layers to make sure that uh, one person doesn't have too much power, one branch doesn't have too much power. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so before we get into Mississippi legislation, there are lots of uh, bills for us to get into. Um, there's a, a story that we were talking about um, this this idea of an emolument. Let, let me get this right. Emolument clause. Um, there are some scholars that are filing uh, a suit against President Trump uh, because they're saying that they're possibly he may be receiving funds from foreign entities and that may be unconstitutional in some way. Uh, could you kind of explain this lawsuit, Dean? Sure. Well, you know, the, the emoluments clause was really adopted early in our country's history. It is part of the Constitution. So, you know, even though it's, it's not really well known and pretty obscure, it is part of our, you know, our Constitution and therefore has to be given uh, effect. And so, you know, um, in the 1700s, American ambassadors were traveling, you know, across the ocean, and Benjamin Franklin accepted a snuff box with 408 diamonds on it from the King of France, and John Jay accepted a horse from the King of Spain. And so uh, the emoluments clause, and that is a tough word to say, <laughs> um, really was to, to prevent our uh, people who are in a position of trust, people who are in a position of government, from taking any uh, gifts from foreign powers, because we didn't want them to be swayed by foreign powers uh, because of those mm -hmm. gifts. Now, the, the argument that is being made is that 
President Trump is violating the emoluments clause because he has overseas uh, hotels and other uh, properties, and he's you know making money from uh, and encouraging uh, use by uh, you know foreign powers. And so, anytime we have a, a, a an elected official. Uh, who is taking money from foreign powers or any gift from foreign powers, that's suspect. So the Emoluments Clause says that they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't take any gifts at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is the argument. Okay. And uh, I, I did see a comment by uh, his son, um, Eric Trump, who uh, was basically saying that this is harassment for political gain, that, that they've tr- checked everything, and uh, that, that the Trump organization is going to be donating uh, to the U.S. Treasury any profits arising from payments by foreign governments uh, at Trump hotels. So uh, is that kind of a way to resolve things? Absolutely. That would be, that's, that sounds good to me. You know, if they want to. Uh Give all the the uh, money to uh, uh, you know to our government to our treasury and not take any benefit from it as long as they're not uh, the the key really too is not to be influenced you know that was mm-hmm. what they were concerned about originally was that our uh, ambassadors would be influenced by foreign powers into maybe giving them special favors and things like that so you know it's worth it's worth looking at and in terms of you know things done for political gain you know there was the birther movement and things like that too so we you know it, it happens on both sides certainly right. Uh, So today we're going to be focusing primarily on Mississippi legislation and some bills that are on the horizon, those that are going to be weighed and uh, decided upon. Uh, There are a whole lot, so we won't get to all of them, but we decided to focus on a few of them. And one of them uh, is uh, Senate Bill 2057, which is uh, flying the state flag. And with this one, uh, there's a proposal uh, to cut university presidents' salaries at state schools who may be refusing to fly the state flag. So, you know, Professor, of course, we know that this is just a kind of an ongoing battle about the state flag, um, you know, where it can be flown. Um, so could you talk about specifically, you know, federal versus state rules? Do you have to fly the state flag at a university or do you not? Well, and I'm going to read you directly from the state code because I can't say it any better than this. This is section 3-3-15 of the Mississippi uh, Code, and it's called Display of State Flag. And it says the state flag may be displayed from all public, public buildings from sunrise to sunset. However, the flag may be displayed from all public buildings uh, 24 hours a day if properly illuminated. It, there is nothing in here that says it must be displayed from public buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, that... that uh, it really, therefore, it's really hard to say then that universities have to fly this flag. Now, it, the state flag, uh, it goes further to say the state flag shall receive all of the respect and ceremonious etiquette given the American flag. All right, so, uh, yeah, and so, you know, the argument uh, for uh, universities having to fly the flag is, well, then they should have to respect it. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's the argument. But there's nothing in the code itself that says anybody has to fly the state flag. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue talking about uh, Mississippi legislation and some certain bills to watch out for. If you're listening this morning, you have any comments or questions about anything we've discussed so far, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Uh, we're currently talking about a bill uh, that would um, it would uh, make presidents uh, have a, a pay cut if uh, their particular school did not fly the state flag. You can give us a call about that if you have any thoughts. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email legal terms at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment.
podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And today we're talking about Mississippi legislation and certain bills to watch out for. Could a university president have his or her salary cut for not flying the state flag? Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, everybody in the state public entity should be required to fly the state flag? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. If you have any comments or questions, or you can send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Um, all right, Professor Gershon, so uh, do you know of any bills on the horizon that may be talking about just changing the design of the flag? Not that I'm aware of, Shreed. I know that that has been discussed, and, and uh, I think there are a lot of people who would support such an initiative because maybe that would uh, get rid of some of the controversy around the flags at the universities. It, it does say something when every university, uh, state university in the in the state, will not fly the, the state flag, and I think, you know, that should be an impetus for people to at least reflect whether that's the right symbol then uh, for our state. Um, but you know, aside from that, in terms of the you know docking a, a president's pay for not flying it, there's nothing in the rules that require uh, schools, universities to fly the flag, and and furthermore, I mean, I really do think that would be. Uh, interference with with the current contract of of those presidents and those uh, leaders of universities uh, they are under contract they have certain terms if that's not one of the terms you know you can't all of a sudden add it afterwards and i would certainly hate for my employer to say by the way you know something that you got to do that you never agreed to do you have to keep doing or i'm going to dock your pay it's just not how the, how the law works so i don't think that that can be effective um, I was reading um, one of the, the comments by the, the lawmaker who's uh, making this proposal. Uh, he was saying that the refusal to fly the state flag is against the will of the people. And then he referred to the 2001 uh, vote when they voted to keep the, the state flag. But, you know, that was like what, 16 years ago now. Um, I mean, how often would it come up again to vote on uh, the state flag again? Or is this law just going to be in effect forever? Well, it takes time, but certainly, you know, someone could could bring an initiative. You know, I would I would hope the legislature would would raise this issue. I know the speaker of the house and the legislature has said it's time to change it. I mean, there are you know there are people who in the legislature that are supportive and saying, hey, let's move forward. You know, especially after the tragedy in Charleston, I think you know that raised some awareness. Uh, we are the only state in the country that still has uh, the Confederate symbol as part of our flag. So, you know, there, th- that's a that's a separate issue from whether. Uh, universities uh, are required to fly the flag when the law says they may. Uh, public buildings may fly the flag. There's no requirement that any public building fly the flag. And, and so the decisions, the will of the people really then comes to the will of the people at that particular university, that particular uh, uh, the, you know, metro, metropo- not metropolitan area, but uh, town or city, you know, uh, to make those decisions. 
All right, 877-MPB-RING is the number. Uh, the first bill to watch out for that we're talking about is uh, Senate Bill 2057. Uh, this measure would require governments or colleges to fly the flag or be subject to penalties. Uh, the president uh, may suffer a, uh, suffer a pay cut. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think a public entity should be required to fly the state flag? 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464 is the number. We're going to go to the phones now. Brian is in Tupelo with a comment. Good morning, Brian. What do you have for us today? Well, from the Mississippi River to Alabama, from the Gulf Coast to Tennessee and all 82 counties, this is Mississippi and there's one flag. This was voted on. Two out of every three votes were cast in favor of keeping this flag with its historic image. It's shameful that public institutions are removing it. This is Mississippi, and it is our symbol. All right, Brian, thank you for your call. And uh, Brian is right, Dean, I think about 65% back in uh, 2001, 65% of the people agreed to uh, keep the Confederate imagery on the flag. So uh, Brian agrees with uh, a lot of people. Well, and I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I know that that vote did take place. But, again, you know, I'm just looking at the law. The law says public buildings may display the flag. And so I think, you know, what the intent of the law really is, even after that vote, the intent of the law is that you do not have to fly the flag. But if you do, you have to treat it with the same respect that you treat the American flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm not sure there's a huge controversy here. Nobody's saying this isn't the flag. Nobody's saying it's not the state flag of Mississippi. I think people have a right to advocate again that maybe we change it. Uh, that's all part of our, our right of free speech. Uh, you know, some of us might think that a flag that is better representative of, of all the people of Mississippi might be uh, bring us together as opposed to dividing us. But, you know, those are all separate issues from whether universities have to fly the flag. And the answer in the law adopted by our legislature is no. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm just curious, uh, Professor, when it comes to proposing these laws, on whose behalf are they being um, proposed? Because some things seem personal uh, as opposed to uh, based on law and uh, morals and ethics or, you know, just people doing right and wrong as it as it relates to uh, day to day things. So um, when it comes to proposing these laws in the in the Senate and the House, how, how are these things taken into consideration? I mean, do the people have a voice at all or is it just based on whoever is uh, who, who the elected lawmakers? Well, and I guess that the argument would be that's where the people have the voice is because they elected uh, these these representatives. And, mm-hmm. you know, the representatives often take uh, some of the, the people's concerns to the, the floor of the the legislature and raise them as, as potential bills. Many of them don't get very far. And and so, uh, you know, it, it a lot of times politically, if I know that my constituency feels very strongly about something, I may raise a bill that may not ever get anywhere. Uh, but I can say, hey, you know, I tried. And so what we want, though, in the process is, is for, uh, you know, these proposals to come out. And then what will happen is the body will look at those proposals and, and go through and decide which ones have the greatest impact on the public, which ones have the most important impact on the public, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully ad- adopt those and not just adopt some of the, the things that are more personal. Yeah, and when it comes to public universities, like these things can get very tricky when you're dealing with uh, religion and um, things that everybody might not believe in. You know, some people feel excluded or uh, discriminated against. So uh, these things can get get very, very tricky. Um, We do have some more calls to get to. We're going to go to Doretha, who's in Jackson, has a comment about the state flag. Good morning, Doretha. What do you have for us? 
I would like to see the flag changed to a more unifying flag. It could should be one with music symbols. We are represented nationally and internationally with our music. We had a guitar on a tag. It did not cause a disturbance. And I believe that a flag that unites this Mississippi, and I had a great-grandfather who was the slave owner to fight on the side of the South. My great-uncle fought on the side of the North. So we all have a heritage, and I get so tired of people talking about their heritage as if black people do not have a heritage. We all need to see this flag changed. And the public officials at the universities should not have their salaries reduced because they do not fly the flag. All right, Doretha, thank you so much for your uh, comments. We appreciate it. Uh, Dean, any uh, additional thoughts? Well, thank you, Dorita. I appreciate those comments as well. And, you know, um, I, I do think, you know, when you think about the tragedy that happened in, in South Mississippi this past weekend, you want things to bring us together, that, to realize that we, we do have some commonality. And things that, that some people are real proud of and other people really are not. Uh, and, it, and it's pretty divided. Even if it's just 35% of the people in the state, that's a lot of people in the state. And I think it's probably more than that now. You know, it's time to at least consider that and, and, and realize that we could probably come up with a symbol that everybody is proud of, everybody supports, uh, you know, or at least almost everybody in a way that unites us, the way that we need to be united ar- around those people down uh, in the southern part of our state. Thank you so much for your call, Doretha. Uh We appreciate it. We go next to James in South Mississippi. Uh, good morning to you, James. Hello, James. You're on the air. Oh. Hey. Um, yes, I have a question. Okay. Okay. Certain people in this nation always believe that, well, the majority should always rule. Well, let's have another referendum. I have no problem with that. I respect the flag as it is, and if it's a new flag, I will, I will respect that one also. And I have a comment also, well, another question, about these presidents of these universities. Are they public employees or privately paid? Okay. Uh, good good questions and comments. Uh, James, any thoughts, uh, Professor Gershon? Well, they are, they are employees. Uh, of, they are public employees. A lot of times, though, they're paid uh, out of uh, both public money and also uh, private money because a lot of their, their – uh, uh, salaries are oftentimes are, are, are paid out of endowment, which is donated money and private money, private gifts to the university. So a little bit complicated, but, you know, they are uh, subject to the IHL board in Mississippi, and, and they're the ones that decide whether to renew or not renew presidents. And so okay. they are they are public employees. May and therefore, so, go ahead. Sure, sure. Okay. If they're public employees, they should be fired, not I don't want to cut their pay cut. I mean, fire them. Get somebody else in there. Oh, on, on what basis? Fire them on what? Um, for what cause? Well, they're not doing the job. Okay. That's all I have to say. Thank you. All right, James. Thank you. All right, Dean. Any follow up to that? Well, James, I appreciate that, but the the law doesn't require public buildings to fly the flag. So I'm not sure what what that job would be unless the law changes. Or unless somebody puts that in their contract, and and that really to define somebody's job, we have contracts to define jobs. And I, I defy anybody to find in a president's contract that they must fly the state flag. You know, if it's in their contract, then I might agree with you. But if it's not in their contract, you can't add it afterwards because uh, that's not how contracts work. And James also mentioned uh, a referendum. Um, that's basically just a, a general vote. Who would have to put that into action? 
Well, that can happen a couple of ways. But uh, one, you know, there was uh, Proposition 42, example, for uh, funding education. That was really a grassroots initiative, and that could happen that way. Uh, and so, uh, and that really, I think, my understanding, I was not in Mississippi when the last referendum occurred, but my understanding is that was grassroots as well and, and started as a, an initiative. You get enough signatures, and you can get it on the ballot. All right. Uh, we're going to go to Melissa, who has a comment about the state flag. Good morning, Melissa. What do you have for us today? Hello. Hi, Melissa. You're on the air. Hi. Um, the flag that a Mississippi approved previous to the current flag was beautiful, and it has no controversy. Could we not flag? A, I mean, fly a previous flag? All right, Melissa. Thanks for that question. Well, it's a it's a great question, Melissa. I think though the the thing is now the official law of Mississippi actually describes the flag, and so the. The current flag is the the one that is officially approved. So there would have to be some change to go back to the previous flag, um, and uh, and you know the the you know, one of the designs that was also uh, proposed back in uh, the early two thousands was a magnolia flag. So there you know there are a lot of different options, but uh, that would have to come from the people. I don't I don't really disagree with James. I think there ought to be some uh, vote either of the people or some action by the legislature to at least consider this because uh, a lot of people would like to see a change. All right, Melissa, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, one more call before the break. Robert is in Jackson with a comment. Good morning, Robert. What do you have for us today? Yes, um, I, I'm calling about a question connected with this. It's the matter of freedom of expression on university campuses. Uh, some of us are disturbed by the fact that throughout the country it seems that uh, when people get on an academic campus, that faculty senates or presidents or chancellors make these decisions about individual students on what they can do while they are on the, on the campus. And certain faculties and various things come up with these procedures that are decided on either by a faculty senate or by the chancellor, with no vote by any student on the campus as to what they feel should be done. Mm. Um, and I just I wonder whether academic freedom um, is is only applied to faculty senates or faculties or whatever, and the student body has no say. That's a great question, Robert. And, Dean, that's what I was talking about when I was mentioning people and um, who are of different religions and some can pray and some can't. They may suffer discrimination. But this is an excellent uh, point brought up by yeah. Robert about. Well, for instance, and, of course, it's, this, uh, it's like the wearing of a cross. Mm-hmm. There may be some people that would oppose that or the wearing of a, a Star of David or whatever. And if, we, if we've gotten to the point where if we get on a, a university campus, People cannot do what they would be able to do out in the general society. There seems to be an insularity um, of, of academic institutions toward people living as they choose and expressing themselves um, in terms of free expression. Okay, so great, it, great, great questions, uh, Robert. Dean, what do you think about this? Well, and I, I think, you know. Uh, being on a campus, I would say, you know, our students did have uh, input. Our, our, our ASB, our affiliated student body, uh, was part of the vote, part of the decision to remove the flag here. Uh, 
you know, the, the chancellor, the provost, uh, the deans listen to students. We really do take into consideration their, uh, their concerns. Uh, we believe in free speech on this campus. So that doesn't mean somebody can furl a, a big flag in a football stadium any more than they can do other things in a football stadium. That's a, that's a, a place where you want to regulate behavior a little bit because there's so many people there gathered together. And when you when you buy a ticket that says on the back some some you know behaviors can, that can be limited, so you're you're agreeing to that. But on campus itself, nobody's stopping people from displaying the flag. Uh, you know that there were many people displaying the Confederate flag prior to football games in the Grove, and nobody stops that. Nobody stops anybody from wearing a cross. We have a Christian legal society uh, here. We have a Federalist Society, which is a very conservative group, but we also have a uh, you know a. a, a other organizations that are tend to be more liberal. I mean, we want free speech in an educational institution. You want different points of view, uh, different religion, religious beliefs. You want diversity because that's how we learn from each other. All right, Robert, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have a couple more calls to get to, Larry and Leslie, and we have some lines open if you want to join the conversation. Uh, We're talking about Mississippi legislation and some bills to watch out for, and we started with uh, Senate Bill 2057. Flying the state flag, this measure would require governments or colleges to fly the flag or be subject to penalties. Uh, But we're going to move on uh, after we get these calls and talk about some more. Online voter registration is one bill to watch out for, early voting, also, campaign finance reform. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments so far. 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we're talking about Mississippi legislation and certain bills to watch out for. Uh, We've been talking heavily about the uh, state flag, Senate Bill 2057, which would require governments or colleges to fly the flag or be subject to penalties, including the head administrator of the agency losing 25 percent of his or her monthly salary until in compliance. So that's one of the things we've been talking about. Um, And Professor Gershon... Really quickly, uh, we have lots of calls to get to, but I uh, wanted to touch on uh, this Internet sales tax. So uh, this is, is uh, maybe a, a collection of some other bills, but there would be some revisions on definitions of the state's use of tax laws when it comes to Internet sales tax and how much companies are selling. Well, Sharita, you know, that's, uh, I, I think it's an important bill because uh, many states have adopted an Internet sales tax. We charge uh, taxes on per, uh, purchases from retail stores, you know, throughout the state. But if someone buys uh, from, and I, I hate to use the name of a, but everybody knows Amazon, so I'll say that, and I'm not trying to do a commercial for them. But if you buy from Amazon, which a lot of us do, uh, right now Mississippi does not assess the tax at the time of the sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now on your Mississippi tax return every year, you're supposed to report uh, 
uh, internet sales and actually pay sales tax on those at that time. But I imagine not too many people are doing that relatively. So if, if the tax is actually collected at the time of the sale, uh, that would probably be better. It would be better for the state. Uh, it would be more in line with the way other states are, are treating those sales now. Okay. Uh, lots of calls to get to. We go first to Larry in Hazelhurst, who has a question um, about the old flag. Good morning, Larry. What do you have for us? I just wonder about the, um, uh, can you fly the old, beautiful Magnolia Mississippi flag uh, anywhere? Or is there some law against it? Or is it even available to buy? That's a, that's a great question, Larry. I actually have seen it flying, yes. Yeah, so you can fly it. Uh, and, uh, the, yeah, that's freedom of expression. Um, there no, it, it's not the official state flag, but you can fly any emblem you want to. Uh, um, you know, at your personal residence for sure. You can put whatever you want on your truck or your car. You can, you know, those kinds of things. Absolutely nothing would prohibit that. All right, Larry, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we go next to Leslie in West Point who has a comment about freedom of speech. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, you guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, yes, I just wanted to um, kind of, I guess, make sure that I understand everything correctly. And um, one of the things I appreciate about y'all's program is it makes it easy to understand when everything is kind of clearly laid out, like the difference between having a, um, a may in a law and a shall. So, mm-hmm. like, you may fly the flag, that's you're permitted to fly it, and then you shall. Uh, as in you must fly it or face punishment. And so um, I like when things are clearly delineated like that and like when this applies only to public institutions and not private people. So, we you know, we can fly whichever flag we want to, but as a university or a state office or something, you would have to fly that Mississippi flag, whatever the Mississippi flag is at that time. So I really appreciate y'all laying everything out as clearly as y'all have. That's important. Uh, but if I can talk a little bit about the philosophy of things, um, I'm a little worried about a government that um, sort of removes the possibility of even its own institutions from expressing themselves in a way that they think is appropriate. And so just by analogy, I think it would be probably a good kind of exercise to think of this more like instead of the flag flying over a building, think of maybe uh, the president of the United States having an, um, a portrait in the lobby of every public building. And if everybody was enforced to put a portrait of the standing president, whoever it is, in the lobby of every public building or they'll lose funding or their director will lose funding. Um, and if you just think about that, um, you know, if you happen through the, uh, the system of democracy that we all love and value so much, if we happen to put somebody into uh, that, that office that everybody agrees is a war criminal, at some time during their term, maybe they do something awful and we haven't impeached them yet, but the only way that we can express ourselves that we don't support that leader anymore is if we take that portrait down and we all have to sacrifice 25% of our income now because of that express. That just seems punitive, hmm. and I, I, that worries me. It's not the point of, you know, which president it is or which flag it is or where it is or any of that. It's the punitive nature of the law that really frightens me, and I think that that's what really makes me worried about this bill in particular. So that's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Great comments, Leslie. Thank you so much. Uh, Dean, any thoughts on Leslie's comments? Thank you, Leslie. And, you know, it's interesting because the the kinds of governments that restrict free speech are fascist governments like the Nazis and communist governments on the other side, uh, like the one in the Soviet Union. Uh, they, you know, they told people what they had to display, what they had to think. Uh, and, and we don't do that in this country, fortunately. And, and one of our great, greatest strengths 
is our ability to disagree with each other, our ability to take positions that may offend some people. Um, but that is really um, how we have discourse in this country. And, it, and when you start to say this kind of speech is prohibited from the beginning and you must, do, you must uh, present certain things, that starts sounding a lot less like democracy and a lot more like those extremes on both sides. All right, Leslie, thank you for your call. We certainly appreciate it. We're going to stay on the phones. Um, if you want to join the conversation, we do have some lines open and plenty of time. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you'd like to uh, comment or uh, question anything we've discussed so far about uh, Senate Bill 2057 flying the state flag and whether or not you believe uh, university presidents should have their uh, salary cut if they uh, don't fly the flag at a university. 877-672-7464 is the number. We have some more bills to get to, but first calls. Chris is in Clarksdale with a comment. Good morning, Chris. What do you have for us today? Hi, I just want to make um, a few comments just about the hypocrisy of this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, on a national level, when other states and other parts of the country criticize the flying of the Confederate flag, supporters of the Confederate flag really rally around it, and they say, this is our right. This is our freedom of speech to fly this. It's really none of your business. So then to, to look inside the state and for them to flip that mentality is just disgustingly hypocritical. Because now that you're in the state, now you know the rest of the country needs to leave you alone about what flag to fly. But in your own state, you don't have the right to not fly the flag that you know full well uh, a, a large number of citizens not just don't like but find deeply hurtful and hateful. On the other side, um, the other hypocrisy that I'm seeing here is we all want um, our business and governmental institutions to be as efficient as possible. And especially Republicans are all about getting government out of um, stopping institutions from being more efficient, especially when they're getting public dollars. So. It, The president of a university's job is to make sure that the university is producing the best possible product for the best possible price. It means attracting the best students, attracting the best professors, giving students educations that are going to enable them to to, to contribute to the workforce and do the most with um, their college degrees and, in turn, make their families in the state proud um, through their contributions. There's nowhere in in a president's job description to flying a flag make them better at those duties and so this is to to fire someone who might be excellent at their job because they wouldn't fly a flag because most likely most of their students found that flag offensive this is just so hypocritical on so many levels all right, Chris, um, very interesting perspectives. I uh, never thought about it the way that you, uh, you know, articulated it at the beginning. Um, very interesting. And, and, Dean, that's something I thought about, too. I was like, oh, man, if this, if this law passes, then we may lose some good administrators because if they're going to be making less money, they can just go somewhere else. Uh, I, I, I would find it hard to believe that certain administrators would just be okay with this and decide to, to keep leading a place under those circumstances. Uh, any follow-up thoughts to Chris's comments? Well, uh, Chris, thank you for those comments. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, we we want free speech and, and, and until somebody else expresses something that we don't like. And that really is uh, uh, interesting because we talked about Colin Kaepernick's uh, uh, 
you know, not standing for the national anthem. And a lot of people are upset by that. And I, I want to ask those people if they ever said anything bad about uh, President Obama or President Bush, because, you know, if you're talking about not having speech that's disrespectful or not doing things disrespectful to the flag, then, you know, why is it okay to be disrespectful to the president? And the fact is they're both okay because we allow free speech in this country. And part of free speech is, is the free freedom not to display an emblem if, if uh, a community finds it uh, not uh, something that they believe in. Chris, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we have lots of calls to get to, uh, but we need to take a really quick break. So uh, Aaron, Andrew, and Kevin, if you guys could hold on just for a moment, we'll get to you uh, right after this break. If you want to join the conversation, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. You can also send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking about Mississippi legislation and uh, certain bills to watch out for when we get back. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about campaign finance reform and uh, we'll get to that after this break this is think radio on mpb this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today we've been talking about Mississippi legislation and certain bills to watch out for. Before we get back to the phones, uh, Professor Gershon, I wanted to touch on House Bill 479, campaign finance reform. Uh, this one would prohibit politicians from spending campaign donations on personal expenses and create other regulations and enforcement. Uh, so what's the status on this one? Well, you know, that one is still uh, being uh, proposed. Uh, it passed the House uh, last week, and now it heads to the Senate. So, you know, it, similar bills have been filed in the Senate. It's expected to, to, to take up the House uh, uh, pass version, and we'll see uh, what happens. But I think it would be a good move because, you know, certainly it, I don't know why it would make sense that someone could take money that was intended for their campaign and use it for personal expenses. Right, um, like steak dinners. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and really quickly, House Bill 1523 got a whole lot of national attention and uh, backlash. Is there an update on it? Well, just that it is uh, going forward with an appeal. Uh, Governor Bryant uh, is, is uh, appealing to the Fifth Circuit. It was, as you know, it was struck down by the district court in Mississippi uh, as uh, promoting a religion and uh, um, also uh, not giving equal protection to uh, gay and lesbian uh, and people of the LGBTQ community. And so it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the Fifth Circuit does. Uh, certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, controversy about that particular bill, and we could probably do a whole show on it. All right. Uh, so we have a, a little time left, and we have lots of calls to get to. The bill that has been getting uh, the most traction today is uh, Senate Bill 2057 about flying the state flag. This measure would require governments or colleges to fly the flag or be subject to penalties, including a pay cut of some university administrators. Lots of calls to get to. We go first to Aaron in Tupelo, who has a comment. Good morning, Aaron. What do you have for us today? Yes, I, I was thinking that we shouldn't make our uh, universities put the flag up there for one reason like if we are really trying to attract uh outside students which uh see that flag as offensive they're not going to want to come to our universities 
Mm. And by uh, us making our school's flag fly, that's telling us how we really feel about, you know what I'm saying, different things that goes on about our country and how other people feel. That's just this, this, this like a symbol to say that we don't care how you feel. This is how we feel. And, you know, but please come to our state. It's not going to, it don't work like that. You know, feel like the uh, talk about keeping people coming to Mississippi and trying to keep kids stayed in Mississippi, but you turn around and pass laws when you got other stuff you could be doing right now. You need to be worried about funding education, not worried about some flag. You can put your energy towards something else. When well, Aaron, you make some, some, some really good points, um, you know, and this, this goes beyond even schools and who may d- decide to, to attend where. Some filmmakers had vowed not to uh, make movies in Mississippi because of the flag and uh, because of House Bill 1523. So you make some, some great points there, some things to consider uh, for the future. Thank you for your call, Aaron. We appreciate it. I'm going to keep it moving. Kevin is on the line with a question about a House Bill and the flag. Good morning, Kevin. What do you have for us today? Hello, Kevin. You're on the air. Yes. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, I just going. Um, I, I really agree with the comment that uh, earlier that government coercion, uh, in other words, to force an individual or an institution to file a flag, is typically what uh, fascist governments would do. Um, is a hallmark of that, and so I, I definitely agree uh, or disagree with the stance that the legislature is taking. Uh, with attempting to for, co- coerce people to, to fly the flag. Uh, I, I just thought it was interesting, though, as that contrasts with the, uh, the, the LGBT bill, um, because in that instance, uh, it's, it's the government uh, attempting to protect uh, people in, in from what, in my opinion, is fascist. Uh, when a, a Christian baker decides that they don't want to uh, say bake a cake for a, a gay wedding. Um, they uh, have a First Amendment right, I believe, to do that. And in other states, such as in Washington and Oregon, that that uh, ability to refuse to to bake a cake has been stripped away in many in many cases. So, I, I would just uh, I'd like to uh, a comment on: Is it principally inconsistent to oppose the flag? Uh, but also to uh, try to force bakers to, uh, to bake the cake. And I really, uh, with that comment, I would like to, you know, point out how Speaker Dunn seems to be on that side of the issue. He opposes the flag, but also opposes the government from being able to uh, force people to uh, act contrary to their uh, deeply held beliefs. Uh, any comments on that? Okay, Kevin, thanks for your uh, call. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, the... In terms of the House Bill 1523, I, the truth is, I mean, I don't really think the bakers need those protections. I don't think that's there. There are uh, religious freedom is protected already in our state, and uh, this particular bill focuses in on uh, sincerely held beliefs that uh, marriage is between uh, one man and one woman, and that uh, sex should only be held uh, during marriage, which I think a lot of people would probably. Uh, uh, agree might be violated at some level, but you know that the, it's also um, I, the truth is if if somebody came to me if I'm a baker and somebody comes to me and says I want you to bake a cake with a swastika on it, I'm offended by swastikas. I can refuse to I can refuse their business. I'm I, I'm not going to be sued by that. Churches don't have to marry anybody they don't want to marry. Uh, 
mm. is the truth. I mean, there's an argument that somehow or another churches would be shut down by not enacting this bill. But, I, you know, I am not a Christian. And if I went to a church and said, will you please marry me? They could say no. I mean, that's not that's allowable discrimination because mm. I, I, you know, they could even say if you're not a you're, you're a Catholic, not a Baptist, I'm not going to marry you. So, you know, th- I think there's some overstatement about what this bill does. And I would go back to Aaron's comments. I wish our legislature was focusing on a 90 million dollar deficit instead of on uh, cake baking and, and bathrooms and also <laughs> flags. I mean, I just think they're more important issues that we need to deal with. All right. Um, Well, we are not going to get to our other calls. Uh, Guys, I don't want to cut you short. So if you could please send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. David and Andrew, thank you for waiting, but we're not going to get to you. So please email us legalterms at mpbonline.org. Thanks to Sam Wells for being our board operator. Java Chapman was our phone screener. Stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Susan Buttress is in studio and she's going to be up next uh, for Relatively Speaking, a part of Southern Remedy. This is Think Radio on MPB.